internet, and welcome to another episode of Geek Fanthology. I am your host, Neil Cordray. You don't say. Let's try that again. <laughs> you don't <laughs> say. And welcome to another episode of Geek Fanthology. I am your host, Neil Cordray. You don't say. <laughs> and I am joined this week by... Mike. And... The one true Balthazar. I mean, Ben. Yes. <laughs> um, today, uh, we thought we would talk a little bit about... Um, someone... Uh, about many of our favorite overacting monsters. Um, Nicolas Cage. Or as I like to call him, Ridiculous Cage. Yes. Uh, just Ridiculous cage. The, the, here's, here's the funny thing. In the episode ideas doc file that I have, the episode idea is simply Nicholas Cage. Right, it needs no explanation. Yeah, <laughs> it needs no introduction. He is Nicholas Cage. He is a force of nature. Um, Nicholas put the teddy bear down. Cage. <laughs> yeah. Put the bunny down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Scraping it, at the door. <laughs> Uh, you could do. You, I think we could probably fill an hour and a half with just bizarre yeah. quotes Nicholas, from Nicolas Cage. Pretty much. Right? Pretty much. <laughs> um, so it, it, it's obvious we all have different genres of his films that we that we dig because mm-hmm. you guys are throwing quotes out there. I'm going, what? That's from uh, Ghost Rider Two, yeah. which is patently more more ridiculous than both Ghost, Ghost Rider, Rider 1. 1. Now I need to watch this. It so is Ghost, Ghost Rider Two was filmed in Europe. It is magical. Oh, God, yes. um, Like, because, here's the thing. You remember how Nicolas Cage acted in the first Ghost Rider movie? Unfortunately. Yeah, Very okay. late, and it was kind of funny, because when he was Johnny... Uh, Johnny Blaze, right? Johnny Blaze, yeah, he was he was very laid back and, and, you know, but very intense. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Um, would you have described his acting still in that movie as somewhat overacting? Honestly, it's been so long, I, I don't remember a lot. Okay. Well, was, let, let's was... just put it this way. Cons- think of one of the more overacty cons- uh, performances of Nicolas Cage. <laughs> and, 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 cons- and then that. consider that yeah. as subdued. Right. And then you kind of have an idea of how much he overacts in Ghost Rider 2. Interesting. But... There is a scene where he literally pisses fire. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds about his speed. Yeah, well, that was he was. Uh, he was talking to a kid about being this about being the spirit of vengeance. But there was a question of what happens when you pee, and then there's this scene where he's got where he essentially has a flamethrower for a dick. That's super weird. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, in in, in Ghost Rider two, he takes a one of those big excavator things and, and turns, turns it into a flaming chainsaw. Yeah. <laughs> basically does the so the, did his those, did his kid like write the script or what I don't know who, who was, by the way he by the way he named his kid Cal-El the, that's right the Kryptonian name for Superman the original Superman's actual name Cal-El yeah, that well, is Nicolas Cage's son's name other other great things about this movie it, can, it, uh, it features Idris Elba um, not giving one flying fuck because yeah. he's like 
okay, this is a paycheck movie. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> and, I'm paired across, and I'm paired next to Nicolas Cage. We're, we're, uh, we're kind of flouting protocol a bit here, being yes, let's rene- get... renegade cages because we're just so excited about <laughs> exactly, it. Exactly, yeah. Uh, that's a good segue, doing... though, about Kal-El being his son's name because, uh, Neil, you have the factoid, interesting factoid yes. of the week here. I couldn't really think of a good spoiler of the week this week. So, instead, Cage. instead, yeah, because we're not really talking about anything that's very spoilery. Most they take his face off. off. Yes, but um, <laughs> but we thought there w- there is a very interesting factoid that not everyone knows, but is absolutely true. Nicolas Cage was going to be Superman in a movie called Superman Lives. Which is in the 90s. Which, uh, which, furthermore, Kevin Smith had been tapped to write. Yep. Initially. And Kevin Smith does a really funny thing in one of his talks about how he was told to write Superman Lives. <laughs> I very highly recommend looking yeah, it up. There's a lot of weird There's a lot of crazy stuff that happens in yeah. there. Yeah. Um, but there is test. There, there are test photos and t- and a little bit of test footage out there of Nick Cage in a Superman suit. Look it up. It's real. Fantastic. Um, Your life is not complete until you have done this. It, it's 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 very it's very interesting and bizarre. But then it's Nicholas yeah. Cage. That's I mean, yeah. that's that's Nicholas Cage I mean, in a nutshell. Interesting Nicholas and bizarre. Cage, he's one of those guys that I don't think he's ever going to be uh, hospitalized for dementia. Because no, no one would notice. That's what, yeah, that's what's fascinating. It's like, how would you tell all of that? Yeah, how would you know? I mean, it's just like, you we, know. We do still have other things that need, that need to be can, uh, covered before we get back to Nick yes, Cage and his, and his fun ridiculosity. Um, that's that's so, a great word. I like how you just made that up. Ridiculosity. Um, ridiculosity. It's the velocity at which one is ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculosity. Okay. He is always uh, and, cranking that shit to eleven. And right. here I was just thinking of the concept of ludicrosity, which is how ludicrous something is, and then using the uh, word ridiculous instead. Uh, I hadn't but, I hadn't heard that one. But I yeah, like your that. your 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 genius just surpasses even your own comprehension. <laughs> <laughs> Often. Alright. So, so news. News. <laughs> yes. So, um, do we start off with the with all the good, or do we start off with the sad part? That's, I think we should start with the sad. Um, yeah. Apparently, just today, as of recording, Gene Wilder passed away. Um, 83 years old. Also, That's uh, a pretty good run. Yeah. Also, Aretha Franklin died this this week. Yep. Yes, the heart queen of soul. soul. Yeah. The, the queen, the heart of soul. Oh, yes. for, for expanding it to, to general famous people, and you know, John McCain also passed away recently. Right, one of the few Republicans I really respected. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I make no bones about the fact that I'm a bleeding heart liberal, and I didn't really care for much of what he voted for. And I'm a dyed in the wool libertarian. Yes, but I will say this: man had class. Yeah, he had class, and he, he even though I don't think many of what much of what he voted for was positive, I feel like he voted for it because he honestly felt it like felt that it was right. That was entire- as opposed to being. Kind as opposed to being like most politicians, and I'm not just saying most repul- most politicians, which is feeling like they're really just bowing to some person with a lot of money. Right. Well, to um, me, also as a veteran, McCain brought back a lot of the whole um, dignity of the ver- for veterans of that era. Yeah. Because in recognizing him and his service, 
you know, it kind of added to a lot of the... Uh, I'm going to put the pop filter on the microphone. It's going to get weird for a second. <laughs> Only a second. This is the Nicolas Cage episode. Right. I would say, no, no, no. He's right. It did get weird for a second. I feel sullied and unusual. <laughs> Sorry, wrong start. Um, but, um, yeah. But, you know, and then Gene Wilder. Oh, my God. What a comedic genius. By the way, I just recently uh, watched some Mel Brooks movies, and... Uh, I got the collection on Blu-ray, which I highly recommend because you can get it dirt cheap and it's got nine of his best movies on it. Very nice. Um, I had never actually seen Young Frankenstein before, only a couple of clips oh, here. Really? Frankenstein. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I watched that, and I I'd also I also rewatched uh, Spaceballs and Robin Hood Men in Tights, which I've seen many times each. Yeah. Um, quick yeah. observation on that: mm-hmm. um, Spaceballs, timeless, completely holds up. Robin Hood Men in Tights, not so much. It's still pretty good. It's still funny, but there's some bits that are just like, all right, that's as it. Brooks got older, his stuff got less timeless. Yeah, yeah, that's a good word. Yeah, yeah, yeah less universal a because classic, like, iconic. Spaceballs yeah. holds up really well. Okay. History of the World Part One is, I think, probably his best movie and is perfect, almost and, like. And that is in the collection. Very yeah. good. Yeah. And I'm guessing Blazing Saddles is too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and that's that why I mentioned it, because obviously, you know, Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder is in a lot of Mel Brooks stuff that had a big oh, working relationship. Shot me in the ass. <laughs> I got, um, and I, that, that Young Frankenstein was a friggin' revelation. Mm-hmm. I knew it was going to be good. I didn't know it was going to be that good. It is so good. It is so good. Yeah. Amazing. Um, Terry Garr, Peter Boyle, and of course, uh, you know, Al Gore. Yeah, Al Gore. Uh, Al Gore. Or Igor, Al Gore. I just politician talk. I think it's like Freddie and Slim. You know why? I, you know why I try to keep us from talking politics. Right? <laughs> well, you've seen the bill with that. I only mentioned McCain passing because you mentioned Aretha Franklin passing, who's also not geek related. Well, so she's like, music related. She's yeah. music related, and I'm sorry. We I guess all need, we all need soul. Mm-hmm. But in, yeah. anyway, in any case, Gene Wilder. It's yeah. too bad, but. At least, uh, you know, 83, it's a good run. A little bit funnier place. Great career. Has a lot more soul. Yep. Um, so, yeah, and, and I think my, uh, yeah. What I, hump? Uh, what hump? <laughs> Jamurized man. Too late, sir. <laughs> it's interesting because he actually had a legit eye condition. Like, yeah, and he and so just he, used it for comedic effect. The just part like he was born to play. Yeah. So he yeah. was shameless about it. He didn't care. He just yeah. leaned into it and was amazing. Oh, guys, yeah. and, and speaking also of Gene Wilder real quick, um, when Alamo Drafthouse had its one-year anniversary, what they screened was Blazing Saddles. Yep. And I got to go see it on the big screen, and it was just it is awesome. excellent. It is glorious. The bigger the TV you can have with that, yeah. And also, I find that fascinating uh, because with with all the uh, also one shirt with with all the <laughs> political politically correct culture and social media outrage, you cannot make that movie today. No, you can't. So to see to yeah. see it in public with a bunch of other people uh-huh. must have been an interesting experience in 2018. Well, I also want I want a shirt with with a, that I can't wear in public. <laughs> yeah. Um, without. Being at a very specific because it has the list. I'll, I'll go grab it real quick and read it. Right. Because it's I can't wear it in public. Well, and the, and the thing is, is that Blazing Saddles only Mel Brooks could have made that movie. You know, only only a you know uh, only a Jewish well, guy anyway. could have made that movie without pissing off everybody. Yep. It's the shirt that where um, Headley Lamont is. Uh, is putting out a wanted ad for people. I want rustlers, hustlers, hunters, 
Desperados, cutthroats, mugs, pugs, thugs, mugs, murderers, nitwits, halfwits, dimwits, vipers, snipers, conmen, <laughs> Indian agents, Mexican bandits, muggers, buggerers. Um, I can't read this text. Um, What's it? it? It's it's written in the scripty font. Um, Let's see. Uh, uh, I think that's bushwhackers. Bush, uh, yeah, bushwhackers. Um, horse sm- horse, uh, horse, horse wogglers. Horse wogglers. Um, horse leaves, bull dykes, train robbers, bank robbers, ass kickers, shit kickers, and Methodists. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and there's Harvey I can't Corbin. wear this shirt in public. <laughs> and Harvey Corman delivers all of those lines. I mean, because, okay, Harvey Corman, who is famous mm-hmm. for breaking character on stage. Of course, mm-hmm. when you play to, you know, to Tim Conway, <laughs> it's going to happen. Yeah. He got some of the best performances ever, I think, out of Harvey Corman in that mm-hmm. You know, Headley Lamar. <laughs> Headley. Headley. Yeah. <coughs> I mean, he, he, it's almost like he turned Harvey Corman into um, uh, major... Uh, oh, David Hyde Pierce's character in M.A.S.H. Hmm? David Hyde Pierce? Yes. Which one was Pierce? Oh, he was, um, he was the Charles one Emerson the, Winchester III. Yes. It's like it's like he was doing his impression of Charles Emerson Winchester III. <laughs> I mean, it was just that way. Winchester was so much better than Burns, too. He was. He really was. Because he actually had um, a soft... Um, okay, level, I'm going to crawl everything back yeah. on track here. That's we can I, geek. What else yeah. do we have? <laughs> <laughs> we geeked out on everything. Right. We got past the sad stuff. Moving on to other things. Um, Some uh, quick hits here with trailers. There's the uh, new, there's a new Hitman 2 trailer, new Spider-Man trailer. Uh, of course, there have been a ton of trailers and promotional materials on that as of late, so if you haven't, you can gorge yourself on those. Mm-hmm. It's right. a PS4 exclusive, but I suspect over time... Oh, you're actually talking about the, the Spider-Man game trailer. Yeah, I thought you were talking about the new Spider-Man movie that they're probably that oh. they're probably making. Uh, no, I got it. I am very much looking forward to that. Comes out next week, and, and it looks like it's going to be the Batman Arkham game for Spider-Man. Mm, yeah, supposed to be a lot of great like open world web slinging exploration, like random yes, generated and events and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and I gotta say, like I played uh, a couple of the Xbox Spider-Man games that people that have very mixed reviews. I don't know why I played. Um, Web of Deceit, I think, the one where you end up... Web of Shadows. Web of Shadows, where, you, yeah. where, where you're, like, fighting against the... Like, the symbiote is taking over New York. Right. Um, and you end up with a black suit, and, the, and you've got the good and bad endings. And that was a really damn fun game. Right. I never finished it, but it the combat was solid. The web slinging was great. I think a lot of people just... They, they reviewed it based on the game they expected or wanted instead of the game they got. I mean, apparently it was no Spider-Man 2. Because it was a Man linear 2. thing where you didn't really have a lot of, like, yeah. you know, freedom, like with Spider-Man you 2. You plenty of freedom, but okay. All I right, disagree. So. I disagree with your theories, but I never played Spider-Man 2, so I don't have anything to compare it to. Yeah. Um, so what's next? Uh, there's a Destiny 2 Forsaken trailer. I checked out of Destiny a long time ago, but yeah. more power to you if you enjoy that kind of thing. Well more bright to you I think is what it is <laughs> yeah I guess whatever the uh, you know <coughs> science fictiony resource shiny. happens to be yeah <coughs> Chinese spice Zen <laughs> Nguyen whatever yeah um, right. Streets of Rage 4 was announced That's that was interesting that took me by that's surprise a, uh, that, that's a that's a callback yeah I remember Streets playing Streets of Rage 3 on the Sega Genesis was that the one with the robot early 90s 
don't know if there's a robot. I know there's a kid with rollerblades. I, I know that one of the Streets of Rage games had a robot. I uh, think it was Streets of Rage 2, though. Probably, yeah. I don't know really anything about it, except that apparently Axel and Blaze are back, which are the uh, the blonde, the very like Final Fight-esque 80s blonde guy with a blue bandana, like very mm-hmm. of its time. <laughs> yep. And then they like, um, I think, like Hispanic lady with, um, or no, wait, am I mixing her up with... God, it's been decades. I don't know. Right, Point is, right. it's the girl because there's because yeah. back it's then the girl because yeah. back then there was only one. Oh, like that was the law. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then they got two because they figured out girl fights sold. So anyways, <laughs> yeah. um, what we got next? And then we have uh, we have Witcherception, where there's a spinoff of The Witcher. Uh, the game Gwent uh, became its own game, which was the card game that you played in the game in Witcher. And now there's a spinoff of the game that was spun off of the game. Which is now its own game, which right. is called Thronebreaker. <laughs> right, so, so that's which a is thing. so which is off off Witcher. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Blaze has been in every Blaze, oddly enough, enough, is one of the only Streets of Rage characters to have her own Wikipedia page. <laughs> okay. Um like Axel doesn't have his own Wikipedia page, but apparently Blaze does. <laughs> and yeah, she's been in every single she's she's the girl that's been in every single one in, in every single um what you call it? Game. Game. Yep. <laughs> right, so. And the robot was, uh, well, sorry, Robot Axel was a boss in, in three. Max Thunder was the robot in oh, two. Okay. Okay. Max so, Thunder, that's a great name. Right? Alright. Sounds so like a porn right. name. Right? Or a stripper name. Starring Max Thunder. <laughs> uh, there's some Assassin's Creed Odyssey gameplay, so people that aren't sick of that franchise by now can check it out. At least it's something different, a different era. You know, they're going to run out of eras eventually. Right. Uh, <laughs> and Ben, if you want to give some thoughts on the cyber tu- cyber tunk, wow, cyberpunk, 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 Ben and I are very, very, both very hyped for this, but I didn't, I haven't uh, had the time to watch the entire forty-eight minutes of gameplay trailer that dropped this week. I have. Uh, ben did so. So I watched a couple highlights yeah. that came up on Machinima. And they were goddamn good. Yeah, and I watched the whole thing. Oh, my God. Okay, first of all, um, the whole thing is very, very open world. Very mm-hmm. open-ended. I mean, the opening one, the opening firefight, you can try to face the guy head on, but there is a way to go around to, you know, they, they go around and get him from the side. Uh, and then they pick up cool, you know, cool gear, get paid. Um... But also in in um, there was one part that just fucked with my head um, when she's going to the Ripper, uh, the Ripper Doc, basically the guy who does her cybernetics. Um, Player character in the in the in the gameplay, by the way, was female. Although you can play either male or female in the game. Yeah, you can just completely yeah <clears throat> you can completely personalize your your avatar, your character. Anyways, you're going in there and. Um, he, the Ripper Doc, is basically takes the character's eye out and hooks another one to the optic nerve on screen. So the next thing you see, one your eye go bl- guys eyes go black. And the next thing you see is your body as he's handling the eye that he's about to plug into your eye socket. <laughs> and I'm just going, holy. Fuck. That's pretty freaky. Yeah, and, and the thing is, is it, when you're talking about you know the, all these augmentations, things like that, 
it really gave me the visceral feel that yes, part of my flesh is about to be taken out. Right. You know, part of my character's flesh is going to be gone because you see your hand put down on the table and you can almost watch him doing it. And I'm just like, well, what's so fascinating about that to me is like, you know, it was, it was just an idea. It was like an abstract thing. Like when you're playing like the old Shadowrun game for Sega or Super Nintendo or something, right? Yeah. And you're just like, oh, cool, a new toy that is in there. But now it's like a first-person, realistic, yes. lifelike thing, and it's like you're almost vicariously experiencing that. Mm -hmm. It makes you, you you have that visceral reaction, and it makes you it makes you kind of think and reflect more on like, I'm actually choosing to take a perfectly good portion of my body dispose of it and replace it with some artificial thing. Yeah. There, well, well, there's a lot be, of interesting ideas. Let's right. be honest. This is this is the world of cyberpunk. Yeah. It's like literal it's le legitimately the licensed world of cyberpunk. Yeah. Uh, the game. So that eye is not going in the trash. That eye is going in preservative chemicals and, and is being sold to someone who yeah. doesn't have an eye anymore. Uh, right, exactly. Well, uh, <laughs> to be fair, I don't really know anything about the type official cyberpunk setting. Yeah, as opposed but, to just using that term as a descriptor. Fair yeah, enough. exactly. And, and the thing is, is that it, it is. But I think my point stands. It yeah, does. You're, you're having it, and that's why they call them ripper dogs. But uh, but the fixer, oh my god, everything about it is so much more. You know, this one mission is them making the big time, and instead of making it, you know, there are different ways to go about the mission. You can go about it diplomatically, you know, which is what they choose to do. Or you can decide to go in guns blazing. And then they find out, oh, it's a good thing we didn't go in guns blazing because these guys have all the shit. Um, I'm sure there's probably a stealth <coughs> version uh, uh, option as well. Uh, there is, but it, you know, it, but it just I tend to play stealth characters in open-ended games. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and here's the funny thing is, is that there is also another option. If someone can subdue you, they can... They can jack into you using your using your cyberjack if you have a data jack, and basically like tell if you're telling the truth or basically hack you. It's well, I mean, it's cyberpunk. Yeah, and you don't you don't want to fuck with a corpse. Man. If you are, if you are, if you are not familiar with cyberpunk, mm -hmm. but you are familiar with Ghost in the Shell. Mm -hmm. yeah. You are familiar with cyberpunk, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, and, and they, so they have a lot of different features in there, and uh, they Ghost in the Shell is actually a very happy, upbeat cyberpunk, right? <laughs> well, and, and they have a they have their own version of bullet time. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a drug that can give you uh, a superhuman reaction of some sort. I can't remember what the right, where everything starts moving in slow motion, including your, yourself almost, but not quite. It's like flash vision. There's a little yeah. bit, and there's a little bit of a motion blur. Mm -hmm. There's a little bit of motion blur. I and, saw that bit. <laughs> yeah, and then of course the sensor eyes, you can see things, uh, and you just you are overloaded with information at all times. It looks so goddamn good. Yeah, it is so yeah. I mean, not only do they have the gameplay down, but they have the social dynamics. At uh, least from what they show. Yeah, from what they show, they have a lot of the social that dynamics. That 48 minutes is goddamn good. The, the rest of it's complete shit. No, but right, I'm yeah, sorry. No, 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 no. I will, I, I will, that. yeah, that, that is a joke, because here's the thing. It's being made by CD Projekt Red, who, like, the reason their games take so fucking long to come out mm -hmm. is because... They take their sweet time in making sure that everything's perfect. They're perfectionists, yeah. and having been so wildly successful, they had the mm -hmm. luxury of being perfectionists. Yes, yeah. they're yeah. like Valve before Valve started just printing money with Steam and stopped making games. Right, Blizzard exactly. before they forgot how to write games. Right. Yeah. 
Because Val- that was the thing about Valve games. Well, it's not so much they, they forgot, also they got different people that suck yeah. at writing. Yeah. Yeah, because it was, like I said, the, the, uh, there are people who interact with you, the screens, the, the advertisements uh, actually interact with your character. Um, and you, you know, you have your needs, you have your, um, I mean, and it, they're not, because of CD Projekt Red, they have no fucks given about nudity. I mean, right. in that 48 minutes, the first thing you do is is pull some naked girl out of a bathtub, you know, and, oh my god, their version, yeah, okay, uh, so Shadowrun's, uh, Shadowrun's, was it, uh, uh, Dockwagon? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Their version, when their, when their trauma, uh, was it, uh, trauma, trauma teams show up, um... <laughs> Well, no, it, this is this got fucking scary. Well, when, when they when they get out, there are two paramedics and two guys with guns. Yeah, no, that you was. Know, and you're the person who literally called, and they're like, "Step away!" And I'm like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, yeah, no. Well, Doc Wagon's the same way. It's like four armed. It's four armed, four armed personnel and one me- and one medic. Yeah. <laughs> they had two. Well, they had two medics, two guys with guns. You're like, "Can I have a lift?" Thanks, anyways. You know, and and it's just like, um, they, you know, it's it was. The attitude was, you know, total cop all the way. Yep. You know, cops with paramedics is like. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm glad. I, I am. Of everything I've seen, they've got, they, they've got the world, they've got the atmosphere, they've got everything really just kind of down to a T. Yeah. And I am so concerned that my computer won't be able to run it when it finally comes out. Yeah. Well, I know, yes, it'll run on my PS4. Right. But it's a first-person shooter, and first-person shooters aren't good on consoles. Right. Well, that is the most divisive thing I will ever say. Yeah. Right. Well, the, the, the <laughs> I, I, would, I, like I would about it. I would simply say they are inferior on consoles. They can still be very good. There are even some console-oriented franchises like Halo that I really enjoy. Right. But they're always superior on PC. Right. Yep. The other thing that that they get right is culture. Um, they've got you know you've got a Hispanic guy who is true to Hispanic culture. So he's you know you, they throw out you know Heine is his nickname for for the female character. To be fair um, though, this is twenty seventy seven. Who the fuck knows what specific cultures are going to be like in twenty seventy seven? Well, and that's, that's, the, that's fair. That's, that's the thing though is that they interact that culture. There are still some things you know some things that are going. You get a distinct Hispanic without being Hispanic twenty twenty century. Well, as long as it as long as it feels like it's consistent for the universe that's portraying, that's what's important. Right. It doesn't right. really matter like how it compares to ours necessarily. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is, is they have a they have distinct cultural yeah. approaches. Is it, you know you have things that come from a Hispanic resembling culture from a hip hop culture from mm-hmm. a kind of like know, in, uh, corporate in like culture. Firefly slash Serenity where you had like the Western and the Eastern cultures mm-hmm. and like how they kind of well, yeah. mixed in stuff. Well, and you pick up your first mission in a in a limo with a guy who has a uh, who has an artificial arm yeah. that is gold plated. <laughs> you know, you know, just like pimped out. Right. Um, so you know, yeah, it just can it, you imagine what the rappers would do? Like, oh, you oh. think there's a lot of, like, grill and bling going on now. Well, have that you, 2077 shit, my God. Have you seen some of the, uh, so have you seen some of the body mods in the trailers? Yeah, I haven't really watched any of that stuff. Oh, you, you should. It's it's really, like, even if you're not interested in playing the game. I'm very interested in playing okay. the game, then, and that's why I haven't been watching it. Because uh, I know it's going to be, like, a million years before it comes out. So I and now it's, it's actually got a, if I understand, it's actually got a... 2019 release year. 
Yeah. Right. Well, they don't have an official release thing. date yet, but we got a release yeah. year. There's another, <laughs> thing, there's another thing in there that, that helps. What they you have, can say uh, for George R. R. Martin stuff. They, mm-hmm. have a, uh, they have a reputation uh, system called Street Cred. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, I just, like I said, just so many things that they put in that one 48 minutes. What else do we have in the notes, by the way? Because we've been we talking doing? for like 30 minutes, and we haven't even. Yeah. And, we've, and I mean, we've talked a little bit about Nicolas Cage, but. Um, what else we got? Well, that's all the that's all the substantive stuff. Uh, just a few. Oh yeah, um, this was this is just worth uh, mentioning because uh, it was not on any of our radars, but it's come out and looks really goddamn good. There's a movie that just came out called Kin. Um, none of us have seen it yet. I plan on seeing it. Um, it looks Ben had a very good description of it. It looks like somebody took played us. Uh, it looks like somebody made a. D20 modern sci-fi game into a movie. And set it in Detroit. Yep. <laughs> um, so, if that sounds like your thing, um, then perhaps check it out. Uh, I will probably have seen it by the, ne- by, by the time when, when next we record. Yeah. Um, which is also something that's worth mentioning. I'm also going to put it on the Facebook group and on the website. We're actually going to be moving to every other week the uh, episodes. <sighs> Due to schedule constraints and trying to actually get good content out to you on a regular basis, as opposed to some form of content out, out to you on a weekly basis, consistency and quality. Yes. Right. So we're going. We're, we're following CD Projekt Red's uh, uh-huh. example and taking our tweet, taking our tweet time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so. so we apologize to people who look forward to this weekly. Um, but then oh, I've been apolog- but then I've been apologizing to to you for a while because we haven't been getting shit we actually out weekly for like a month and a half. So and we're just gonna lean into that. Yeah, we're, we're <laughs> instead instead we're going to go ahead and just own that that is going to be the case the case and we'll and deal with it going forward. Right. So so all right. So anything else on the notes? Just a few quick hits here. Um, Devil May Cry Five launches on March eighth, twenty nineteen. It's apparently a continuation from Devil May Cry 4, ignoring DMC yep. entirely, or at least mostly. Uh, Battlefield 5 has been delayed, so that wasn't really on my radar, but... Because of those damn SJWs. FYI. I, I, I don't know what the, what uh, the kerfuffle like, is there. there. There is a slight ker- kerfuffle, which I think is hilarious. Uh, the pre-orders for it are way down, and uh, some people argue that it's because there's a woman on the, on, on the front cover. That's silly. It's bullshit, but it's a funny argument to watch. Like, God, uh, well, speaking of kerfuffles, I mean, every anyone who's not any, anyone who follows entertainment news and hasn't been in a cave knows that there have been uh, some issues with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three concerning James Gunn was fired and all that. James Gunn was fired. Then he was. They were talking about unfiring him. Then they kept him fired, and now it's delayed. Right. Well, production is on. Production is on hold indefinitely, and it's to the extent of where they are literally releasing the actors. To be like, yeah, go and do your other stuff. We'll figure it out money. later. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So that's going to be a while. So the takeaway is, don't hold your breath because it's going to be a while before that movie eventually Dis- comes out. Disney just fucked up the Marvel universe. Anyway, it's really interesting. Um, the one argument that I that I heard that I thought was really interesting was um, against James Gunn fi- Gunn's firing was. Bobcat Goldthwait, uh, who voiced uh, Panic in uh, Hercules, uh-huh. was like, "You should probably take if if you're gonna be like removing uh, people who've made offensive jokes in the past, 
Have you seen my movie Injustice to All? Which is about Bobcat Goldthwait's character going crazy and going on a murdering on a murdering spree because he's uh, fed up with politics and American politics in general. You should probably just take my name off of everything I've ever done for you. If you're gonna get mad at James Gunn over some tweets ten years ago, <laughs> or the one where they, you know, it's like, oh, well, Disney's, you know, and then they show all the all the Disney movies that were racist and yeah. you know, years and years ago. But, you know, it, it well, was that's just really kind of a cheap shot, though. To be fair. yeah, no, this was you this can't, was you really can't take just... social mores from now, and then go yeah. back in time fifty friggin' years and be like, oh, look no, at the, you hypocrites. Yeah, no, that's true, but but that's the same thing as them going back from him ten years ago. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying I, I, I'm I just agree saying... with the decision. There's I a lot like of people that are selectively yeah. outraged about it, though. Yeah. Whenever it's someone yeah. they like or yeah. someone that agrees with them yeah. politically. Yeah. But I did like how Bobcat Goldthwait was just like, yeah, you should, if, if you're going to do this, I'm way more offensive than James Gunn. You should probably fire me, too, and never involve me again. I think one of the dumbest things about it, <laughs> in my opinion, is that, like, they had plenty of time to make this decision before they made before he made them two wildly profitable movies in an entire franchise. Well, that, and, like, then, and then the only reason it came up is because one guy made a kerfluffle about it. Yep. Well, it, you know, you live by the outrage and you die by the outrage. Yep. So, in yeah. a strange, you know, there, there is a bit of a, I'm not sure how you pronounce it exactly, is it Schadenfreude? Schadenfreude? Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. Yeah. There's a little bit of that for me, to be honest, because it's like, all these people, you know, being little, like, walking on eggshells about everything and crying foul about everything. It's like, well, there you go. You create the monster and it destroys you, too. Yeah, except for this guy. That's, he's way deep on the right. And I'm just like, dude. Yeah. Anyways. Well, politics and yeah. yeah. That, right, that so was why I just brought up another the comedian point, who's been... It shouldn't matter who, who yeah, brings I'm it up and in exactly. what context and what yeah. their views are. You should just have balls and not cave to the mob. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I think so is, yeah. you know, maybe some people that are on the left can maybe do some soul searching when they see, oh, hey, someone that I think is raising an issue in bad faith just got a very talented person fired and mm-hmm. a project screwed up and a lot of people losing their jobs because of that. And all. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe I should, you know, not advocate mob outrage all the time. Maybe that's something to think yeah. about. So enough of the politics. Yeah. Let's get back to Nicolas Cage, shall we? Yes, we've covered because that is something that no matter your political alignment, you can agree. Nicolas Cage is fun to watch because he's ridiculous. He's ridiculous. Yeah, there, there is a whole new level. Because the thing is, is he does overact so well. Yeah, he like. I mean, and, and they, they even they even lampshaded it in the National Treasure. Yeah, <laughs> nobody talks like that anymore, but they want to. <laughs> you know. Well, there's a bit of a Zen question there, right? It's like. Can he overact? It's like if t- t- Nicholas Cage is just being. Yeah, like it's, it's just, just it's just him. Like <laughs> right. sometimes he might play it up because that's what they're wanting or whatever. But it's like the Dow of Nick Cage. Yes, yes that's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. Yeah, the Dow. Because I mean, it's like in in uh, National Treasure, one of the one that really I think kind of reignited his career. You know, he's playing this idealistic Ben Gates. You know, who is, you know, what did he want to be when he grew up? <laughs> you know. A treasure hunter. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Living the dream. Yeah. Well, but, you know, the way he talks, the way he acts. The way he like, delivers the line, I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I also like how anyone who does any amount of comedy uh-huh. has a Nicolas Cage impression of some level. Right, right. It's not necessarily good, but it's in your toolbox. Uh, <laughs> Simon Halberg has an amazing Nicolas Cage impression. 
It's the guy that plays uh, Howard Wallowitz on The Big Bang Theory, and he was uh, Moist on Dr. Horrible's sing-along. Uh-huh. <coughs> yeah, he does an amazing Nicolas Cage. You sh- uh, I, I encourage anyone who hasn't heard it to look it up on YouTube. He's done it at least a couple of times on late-night shows. Really good. See, I like probably in panels too at some point. Oh yeah, I'm yeah. sure it gets requested. I'd, I'd love to. See, I'd love to see uh, Cumberbatch do Nicolas Cage. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Is he that, really that, an impressions guy? Yes, he is. Actually, yes, he does. I haven't really heard him do. He does oh. some really great impressions. You you should check out uh, Benedict Cumberbatch doing impressions on the on Tommy Lang show. I think well, he it's does some one, show. It's some late oh, night I, show on BBC Two. I think I did actually see it. Um, he, he did. He did a series of impressions when he was pitching uh, the Imitation Game, as well. Yeah, uh, yeah he does. He does a spot. He's a spot on. Um, Owen Wilson. Yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No. Like wow. that, that's the, that. That was the thing. I had. I was aware of this before Doctor Strange came out. And a lot of people were being like, "Yeah, you're pl- casting a British guy to play a New York American surgeon. It'll never fly." I'm like, "Have you heard Benedict Cumberbatch do accents? Or have you heard any <laughs> British person who you didn't know was British until after the fact? I mean, come on, that's what they right. do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it, I mean, it, it is so much easier for a British person to do an American accent than it is for an American person to do a British accent properly. Right. Yeah. And it's yeah, because I mean Daniel Craig. I mean, I first saw him in Tomb Raider. No idea the man was you know yeah. was British. You should see him uh, rap alphabet aerobics because he does it also in just about a pitch perfect American accent well, because that's how it was written and performed initially. Right, well, and it's yeah. just really impressive because he also does it off the top of his head. Well, uh, so does, so of, does. Of alphabet stuff. That was one of the bits that uh, Simon Halberg did of Nicolas Cage was when he was doing. He was explaining the alphabetical order of filing systems in A B C D E F G H I J K L M N O P. Yeah. And well, he does the entire he, he fucking the entire alphabet, alphabet yeah. which is yeah. grand because, like, oh my god, that wasn't in the script, <laughs> right? Well, and, and then so I mean, but he just kept going. So yeah, when you, you get to when you look at Nick Cage and you look at some of the stuff, it's like you can tell when he's doing an accent. When he's doing the Southern accent, suddenly he slows down to the point where you're almost thinking time's about to go backwards. Yeah, the, <laughs> that was for Con Air. The Con Air was also for it was also for for um, Ghost Rider. Hmm. Well, for the first one, actually, in the second one, he just kind of dropped the accent. And yeah, it. <laughs> it was in Ghost Rider. It was set in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Second yeah. one was set in Europe. Yeah. Second one was set in Europe. That was all matter of fucked up. Um, yeah. Well, and and they weren't really much more specific than Europe. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Europe's yeah. kind of a big place. Yeah. Man. Europe's a subcontinent, man. <laughs> um. What was I gonna say? Um. I had a thing, and I lost it. Like Nicholas Cage in his womp, mind. Womp. <laughs> But um, so again, going back to the other thing, something that you know a lot of people may not know, Nicolas Cage, you said was in Fast Times at Richmond High. Yeah, that's right. Probably one of the first roles he was in, too, if I had to guess. He was. I looked at. I was looking over the IMDb, and he was credited as Brad's Bud, and his name is Nicholas Coppola, or Coppola. How, Coppola. I always forget Coppola. how to pronounce it. Coppola. It's Coppola. Because mm-hmm. that's a lot of thing other people may not know. Second movie he was ever in. Is that he is the, uh, the son of the first uh, movie he was Francis ever, Ford yeah. Coppola, the famous director. Yeah, he's the son of Francis Ford Coppola. I think it's usually Coppola. It is Coppola, right? Yeah, yeah. Coppola. Well, his yeah. first movie. The Coppola. first movie he was ever in was a TV movie called Best of Times. Um, 
playing the role of a, of a character called Nicholas. He was he was credited as Nicholas Coppola. Spoiler, spoiler alert. Um, plays a lot of guys named Nicholas. Yeah. <laughs> it happens at least a few times. I mean, in Racing the Moon, he was Nicky. Um, it's like you're trying to ease him into it. Okay, it'll it'll be your name, so it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> What's that? You can remember your own name. I remember. I, I can't remember now who it was, but it was someone else who was playing a, a role who was given like his name um, in the in the in the show. It was a TV show. His name was his first name because they thought he wasn't going to be able to cover it, and he was like, "Why?" <laughs> I'm a professional actor here. <laughs> for all and for all the uh, you know all the you can't remember what it was now. All the all the talk of the overacting. There are some legitimately good performances. Yeah, like oh, yeah. you know, I mean, some some of the older stuff. I probably for the most part. I yeah. I mean, he's not a bad actor. Like raising just, Arizona, for example. Yeah, he just has been. Um, was that Leaving Las Vegas, the other one around that era? Raising Arizona. Um... <coughs> Nicholas Kim Koppel is his full name. Hmm. Cage is just a stage name that he adopted, right? Yeah. Well, then he adopted... Wasn't it, it in part because he didn't want to... He wanted to get by on his own merits? Uh, no. He ad- uh, At least, maybe. I don't know. The story that I have heard was that Francis Ford didn't want him, uh, didn't want him trading on his name. Okay, but it's, okay, similar deal, just different, you know. Yeah. Source. Yeah. Yes. Now I don't know. It could be that Nick wanted to get by on his own merits. It could have been that his dad didn't want him to get by on being Francis Ford Coppola's son. They're not mutually exclusive. <coughs> could have been both. Yeah. Could have been that maybe he just didn't like the name Coppola, or he just thought Cage sounded cool. Yep. And so it seems like the sort of person that would do that. Exactly. <laughs> yep. I liked him in The Rock. Oh, yeah, that reminds right. me. The uh, we we've mentioned it, it very briefly in passing, but I think one of the best things I've really ever seen, um, in terms of overacting, is Face Off. Oh yeah, because fantastic. Because you've got Nick Cage trying to be John Travolta. Try well. You, you've <laughs> got you've you've got Nick Cage trying to play. As John Travolta and John Travolta trying to play as Nicolas Cage, right? Two slightly not so actors. All and both of them trying to play, and both their characters are also over the top, right? Because right. it's a John Woo movie, right? Oh, right. I mean, the, it's like the, it's a it's a perfect recipe. <laughs> it's right. an over the top yeah. awesomeness. Well, and, and the great part is that you're you're doing it's Nicolas Cage <laughs> imitating. John Travolta imitating Nicolas Cage. Exactly. I mean, it, it makes Inception look simplistic, <laughs> and it's it's a bad movie. It is, but it's a good. Bad but it's a good. Bad it's a good movie. action movie. It's just a bad, badly acted, intentionally badly acted, because it's not so much a drama as it is a it's a play of symbols it's a John Woo movie exactly, exactly. <laughs> which is what everything a John Woo movie is I mean don't forget John Woo, John Woo also directed Mission Impossible 2 right well how could you doves doves everywhere doves, doves everywhere, everywhere. <laughs> right. yes. John Woo loves his dub, doves and he loves people holding guns in both hands yes, yes. and over the top gratuitous implausible uh, choreography and fight scenes. Yes. Like at the very end of Mission Impossible 2 where he somehow kicks the sand and the gun goes flying like eight feet straight in the up, air. Straight up. Straight up. 
So you can just easily catch it and spin around. And it's like, what? No. Oh, that's God. not that's not how the force works. Yeah. That's not how physics works. That's not how any of this works. Windmills do not work that way. <laughs> I mean, action movies are action movies. You don't expect it to be realistic. Even just trying to shoot somewhat accurately with a pistol in each hand is completely unrealistic. You can't do it. First no. of all, where are you aiming? You're not yeah. using a sight. Yeah, you're, you're not looking down the sight. You're exactly. just kind of aiming in the general direction and hoping you hit something. Exactly, and and the, here's the here's the thing. I mean, but it I looks mean, cool, and I get it. So why yeah, because yeah. I mean, even aiming a pistol at seven yards, I have a hard time hitting, you know, a man-sized one, one-handed, one-handed, uh, or even two-handed, even two-handed. It's hard. You know, it's hard enough, and especially, yeah, um, yeah. It is something that you can do, like it is possible to shoot two guns accurately. However, in order to do so, you have to have tremendously great hand-eye coordination, and you have to practice for like eight hours a day for ten years. Okay, yeah, so before like, you're okay at it. So it's effectively impossible. <laughs> yeah, it, basically, it, it's it's. You could it teach yourself to do so. It, it's okay. It would be one of shop, one of my favorite. You know, throwing up bullets at it and hope you hit it. Yeah. Um, well, that's the other thing too. Is they're always aiming at the same target, aren't they? Yeah. It's not like or, uh, uh. It's like oh, somehow I'm getting both of my my guns on <laughs> the right. same target and actually hitting, and it's like. But you know, and it, or you could also theoretically do it if you had a uh, a hemispherical lobotomy. Yeah. <laughs> but you because know, that actually is, allows you to concentrate on two different things at once yeah. because your brain isn't you talking see, with, to each with other. With Nicholas Cage, right. you're not looking at. Realistic, like John Wick. You know, which we well, John, John Wick was like a heightened realism, where it's like there's a lot of it that's very unrealistic, but at the same time, it's done in a plausible way. Right. Yeah. So especially it's like you buy into the universe. Especially when you see Keanu Reeves training with those guns. And oh you see yeah. That everything. Do. Everything that John Wick does with a gun is doable with a gun. Possible with a gun. Yeah. Now, yeah, now the thing with you know blocking bullets with your coat, no, <laughs> but yeah, but but yeah, Nicolas Cage for with a Nicolas Cage movie, you're not getting realism, you're getting over the topism, which is why John Woo picked him, surrealism. And, yeah, surrealism picked him and John. Well, how about those guns, man? Those fucking like golden, yeah, gold plated desert eagles. <laughs> They're like, well, no, they weren't actually desert eagles. The one, the, the one of them was a desert eagle. Really? Yes. I thought they the just... one that he had at the very beginning when he comes okay. out when he there comes out of the airplane. There's a way to do this. There's a way to do this. When he comes out, I thought, of the, were, I thought it was a matching pair. I could have sworn at least one. At least at one point there was a gold-plated desert eagle in that. Probably movie. so. There's a lot of gold-plated shit with Castro um, Troy. But. Because I want to say like when he first when he got out of the airplane and the doves flew away and the hallelujah chorus started up because that is the best way to introduce Nick Cage. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to say he had a desert eagle in that scene. That's okay. entirely possible. Let's go to the internet movie. Uh, I saw that the, the pair was a, a pair of Colt uh, 1911 A1s. Yep. 45 ACP. We'll find out for sure. To the internet! Yes. The internet movie firearms database which yeah, is a really cool website. <laughs> Alright. Alright, so... Uh, two gold uh, fuck two gold fuck no it's <laughs> it's written up on your phone yeah it's google detect uh, yes yeah it's doing that on me too by Google the way uh, the, talking about the him Troy flying on an airplane there's that ridiculous scene where he's like hitting on uh, 
like a stewardess, and he's like, I gotta eat a peach for hours. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it was, it's like the most ridiculous Cajun thing. Very creepy. Internet movie firearms database. Another thing I love about Face Off is like how somehow, somehow the Travolta character's wife doesn't realize that it's not her husband. It's like it's just the face. Yeah. Like, isn't the rest of the entire fucking body different? Uh, exactly. See, not exactly the guns same are custom build. Springfield M1911A1s with the dragon on the right front. Yeah, 1911A1s. Yep. 45s. Yep. yep 45. Looks like that's pretty much what he has throughout the entire movie, so I'm just wrong. Um, Travolta carries a SIG P226. Um, oh, it's a classic. There's a Beretta 1992FS uh, from the prison guards. The prison guards have those. End up getting dual billed by De- uh, Nicholas Cage at one point. Naturally. Of course. Um, that's one of the more commonly dual wielded guns where the, the Berettas. Yeah. The, so they have, like, the good old fashioned Glock 17 makes its appearance. Yeah, well, I just always like, thought the Beretta 92 is a gorgeous gun. It just it looks is. great. It is. There's just really something is. about the aesthetic. There's just, I don't know. It's kind of like how people get into looks with cars and stuff. Like, Wesson, I can appreciate some of the uh, some of the aesthetics with a lot of the firearms. Springfield Army 1911. Oh, really cool. Right. And they're also just super comfortable to me for some reason. It's really Jesus. There's a lot of guns in this movie. It's a John, it's a John Woo, Woo movie. movie. Yeah, I know. <laughs> with, with, with okay, John Nicholas Woo Cage. Is, yeah, John <laughs> Woo with Nicholas Cage. That was you know a match made in hell. Um, you know. Oh, let's not forget dual wielding um, arms corps BXPs, which are machine pistols. Ah, yes. So it wasn't unrealistic enough. <laughs> well, and I guess in a way that's more practical because you're shooting out a lot of bullets. Really MP5 A2s, right? As opposed to just the blam 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 of the dual wielding pistols, Which, exactly. I mean, especially with high calibers like forty fives. It's bad enough dual wielding nine millimeters. Forty fives, that's just ridiculous. Well, see, actually, nine millimeters and forty fives hit about the same. It's just the nine millimeters a heavier bullet, but they uh, hit about with about the same power. Uh, Uzi in one hand. I spent the recoil. Yeah, the recoil. The, well, so I've shot both, and forty fives got a lot more kick than a nine. That's true, because usually, well, it depends on the frame too. Because true. Uh, because like my my forty caliber uh, my forty caliber Glock, mm-hmm. um, it's a subcompact. Kicks like a freaking mule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it does. Wasn't well, that the one we shot? That we, yeah. we shot that one, right? Yeah, we shot that one. And, yeah, it hurts when you shoot when you pull that trigger. Yeah, the Glock twenty seven can be a bit. And an yeah. unknown smoke grenade launcher. Unknown. Yeah, no, they they, they have no idea what what it is because all they get to see is the barrel. But yeah, there are so many guns in that movie. But no, there were no Desert Eagles. So yeah, hey, if you want to see a lot of guns in a movie, look uh, look up Shoot 'em Up on there. Oh yeah, well, of course there are a lot of guns in Shoot 'em Up. Again, a great example of you get what you hear in the title. Yeah, yeah, the title, yeah, exactly. Title pretty much tells it all. Lies advertised on the tin. Like Clive Owen is literally Bugs Bunny with firearms. Like we mentioned earlier, before the recording, Cowboys and Aliens. That's exactly what it says on the tin. Yeah, it says on the tin. Yeah. Now, okay, so. One of the best, I think, vehicles for Nicolas Cage, mm-hmm. there's two that I think are just perfect for him. One is The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Mm-hmm. It's a really, that was actually a very good movie. Yeah, it was it pretty was good. a very good movie, I as far it. as I was concerned. Uh, and Drive Angry. 
Oh my god, Drive Angry is amazing. I it's... haven't seen Drive Angry, oh, so I've got it, man. Oh, I, Drive I will Angry hook you up. It's an amazingly hook you up beautiful movie. Yeah. Um, and and the thing is, is it's not just Nicolas Cage, but um, oh, the guy that plays that like DVD the accountant. Dude. Yes, the accountant. So oh good. yes. I gotta say, my favorite my favorite actual Nick Cage movie that I've seen, um, in terms of actually like movies that are that I would actually like, Face Off I will watch for the crazy for the schmaltz right, right. and for the cheese. Yeah. Um. But it's not like a movie that I would elect to watch. Yeah. People will say, "Hey, you want to watch Face Off?" I would very much probably say, "Sure," but I would never suggest it myself. Right. I would suggest Gone in 60 Seconds. That was another good one. That was a really good movie. And mostly because there was a lot of really great driving. And, you know, that Robert Duvall. <laughs> I like Robert Duvall. Yeah, and Angelina Jolie. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That was a good film for her. <laughs> simply because she wasn't being Angelina Jolie. Yep. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's always refreshing when you have, like... An actor who has like a shtick, and then you see them do a good job outside of their shtick zone. And I loved like, the. What do you call that? I liked at, at the end of the movie, which spoilers, I guess. Um, when Sphinx finally says something, and he has a British accent, right? And the only reaction was, "I thought you were from upstate New York." <laughs> right. right? <laughs> yep. He hasn't said a, a word for the entire movie. Yeah. And then he says some poignant thing about let us enjoy our life now because yeah yeah let's, let's take yeah. this lesson learn you know yeah lesson learn and get out of this rough life and find more honest pursuits or some bullshit Something, like that yeah. upstate New Amsterdam yeah <laughs> yeah I mean and and yeah the character was just like yeah mm-hmm. and Nick Cage worked in that partially because he didn't overact very much he was very subdued. Yeah. It really was, but it was just like it, it, was, it was very subdued. But it was a very good. But again, it was an intense subdued. Right. Yeah, he was very. It was like, intense. It, was just, it was like it was just boiling underneath the surface. Yeah, it was like yeah, he, he was that worked for Jake Nichols. He was because he was so hard focused. Yeah, and and, that, yeah, and exactly. I think that was what worked for him because he was trying so hard not to be himself. Yeah, and I think that's uh, yeah, that's very meta. Yeah, it really it's is. like the character and the actor. Exactly, exactly. I <laughs> you mean, gotta it was, love it. And it was just so very, you know. And, and I think that was Nicolas Cage working against himself, which I think so the, the well most the, the most uh, cagey, if you will, um, is probably that bit where he kind of like does the weird little mini freak out thing, where he's like, he's kind of like, you can feel all the wheels turning in his head about like what needs to happen and the timing of everything, and he kind of like hesitates for a moment, pauses, and kind of like flips his fingers around, and he's like, let's go. <laughs> yeah, right right before they start the night, yeah. Yeah, he well, does that thing where he's like... And they're listening to the lowrider. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 lowrider. It's like, <laughs> yeah, just like... Yeah, yeah because they gotta, they gotta blast lowrider before they start. Obligatory. Yeah. Yeah. Obligatory, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, that, I always have to listen to that before I before I steal cars. So. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, every time... Before you have rituals. Right, right, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm I was going to steal a car, but I can't find a copy of war- Lowrider by War. Right? <laughs> See, that's why that's why you're not in jail. Um, so, um, but okay. So, Drive Angry was Nicolas Cage playing over the top, playing really well, playing because not only that, the villain was uh, perfect yeah. over the, perfectly over the top, 
It's and, such a fun movie. Oh, what was the name of the guy who who played the accountant? I don't know, but he, I like that actor. He's a character actor that's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah. He was in Equilibrium. He was like the head of the re- rebels in Equilibrium. Right. And he's he's like mayhem in the... Uh, in the uh, Right. You yeah, know. The, the, uh, this commercial. Oh, God. The I, insurance commercial. I forgot yeah. which one it was. Was um, it Allstate? William Thickner. Sure, why not? <laughs> this guy... Yeah, that's the guy. Yes, William Fickner. Yeah, he is... He's great. <laughs> and it is, it's like, they have this, this really, like, who do you think you are? Mephistopheles? <laughs> you know, and, because uh, I think it's Nicolas Cage, his character trying to figure out who he actually is. Right. But, and uh, for anyone who, um, for anyone who needs a little bit of a nudge to watch this movie, the, the premise, the elevator pitch, is that, Nicolas Cage literally escapes hell in a badass car to do badass shit on Earth and is being hunted down to be put back in hell. Yeah, Nicolas Cage escapes hell <laughs> to kill the man what killed his daughter and is being hunted. Men, cultists. It's plural here. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's really all you need to know is that Nicolas Cage escapes hell in a badass car. Rides out of car in hell in a car. Yeah, I do need to see this. It's, it's so good. It is so <laughs> terribly good. Yep. Because it's just, you know, one of those things. Well, they like know exactly what movie they're making. Yeah. And they there's lean into a, it. There's All a right. scene where he is having sex with a prostitute and never uncouples from her and kills seven men. It's very similar to the shoot 'em up scene with, yes. with uh, Five Owen and Monica Bellucci. Yeah, I mean, it just it is. I haven't seen much of shoot 'em up either. Oh actually. god, it's so great. Oh, I, know, it's, I remember. I remember seeing uh, the MythBusters test a scene where they uh, propelled a merry-go-round with bullets. Oh yeah, um, they tested that. Yeah. Um, spoiler alert: doesn't it doesn't work. work. Yeah. Yeah. Bullets don't have enough mass to move a, a merry-go-round. I didn't need to watch a uh, experiment to know that that was bullshit. Yeah, yeah. no, but it was. But it was fun. It was a lot of fun to watch matters. them do it, though. Right. Yeah, that whole movie is just. They got it to budge fun. about a half inch with a fifty cal. Um, yeah. After putting armor plating on the thing they were shooting because otherwise yeah. the bullet just went straight through the merry-go-round. Yeah, that, that, that's the whole idea behind bullets. Right. So, yeah. I mean, you'd have, you'd, have more, you'd have more impact with a basketball than you would with a bullet. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, Drive Angry is Nicolas Cage being so, you know, just... Cage-erific. That is Nicolas Cagiest. Yes. Oh, yeah. What's well, funny because the word cagey tends to mean play it close to the vest and be subdued, which is the exact opposite. So you yeah. don't want to use the word cagey. Right. Because that's kind of uh, yeah. disingenuous. Yeah. Inaccurate. And, and, yeah. And <laughs> just that's Nicholas Cagist. Yeah. Cajun. Cajun. Yeah. No, not Cajun. No, that's a whole other thing. But if you want a cagist. If you want a Cajun flavored cage, that sounds dirtier when I say it <laughs> than when I was saying it. it. Let me let me, let me try that again. If you want a more Cajun cage, you want a more Cajun cage. There is uh, there's Bad Lieutenant Port of Call New Orleans. That is he. That is him. Like completely losing his shit. Like his character is like this corrupt cop and like gets mm-hmm. on drugs and does all sorts of crazy shit. I think at one point he like 
uh, shakes down a person in a wheelchair or something. You've got to watch the movie. Oh, it's crazy. Okay. Yeah. Well, and then there, <laughs> there's, there's, of course, there is uh, uh, Con Air, which is slightly Cajun Cage. Right. Because mm. uh, he's that's more Arkansas more. Cage, though. Yeah, not exactly yeah, Cage. But just he still southern, has that Cage, you know, Southern in general. Yeah, but but it's also a brilliant, uh, brilliant uh, performance by. Well, okay. First of all, you have um, the main guy. Oh God, uh, the guy that plays Cyrus. John Malkovich. Right. You, you know, who just fuck that is John Malkovich. Yes, who just oozes <laughs> evil. John uh, Malkovich is a real is just you know a really good actor. Yeah, he, really he can really he can really pull off menace. I didn't realize. No, menace, like, and, and also the thing about John Malkovich is. He you he he vanishes into characters because oh, I was like I had to think about it. shoot you're right. it is yeah, John Malkovich. You'll watch a movie and then like two five ten years later you watch it again or someone references it and you're like holy shit that was John Malkovich exactly <laughs> yeah and it's like mean, that's coming to a completely you know? different and, and then uh, the the serial killer uh, Steve you mean Steve Buscemi Steve Buscemi. Oh my God yes so wasn't fucking a, crazy wasn't he a pedophile uh, No he was just a serial killer but he was so. I don't he know. Managed, I think he might have been both. Well, the thing was is that he he throughout the movie doesn't do a single evil thing. Well, yeah, I mean, he's just you know he's not, he doesn't wear it on his sleeve. You know? He does. Yeah, he doesn't like he has that one moment where he has that it's practical. He's like, I will quote unquote behave so that if I get an opportunity, I can then go do my thing again. Yeah, because it's heavily implied he does. Well, the thing is, is there's a part where you know that he sits down with a little girl, at, you know, her little bizarre tea party. Gets back on the plane and the little girl's still alive. Well, that's true. Completely against what you would expect. Yeah. You know, and throughout the whole thing. I didn't rewatch that movie again. Because he, he plays never... Garland the Marietta Mangler Green. Yeah, Garland Green the Marietta. Yeah, and never does an actual evil thing. Doesn't kill anybody. You know. Um, doesn't you know? Doesn't do anything. He met his mangle quota. He's done. Yeah. No. Apparently, yeah. he is a serial killer. <laughs> And at the end of the movie, he escaped and goes to Las Vegas and becomes a professional gambler. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't that the closing shot of the movie where it's like, does the shooter feel lucky? And it's like, yes, he does. Yes, yeah. He does. And, and, and that's the thing. He's just like, never kills anybody, but managed to pull off the menace through the whole fucking movie. You know, yeah. define irony. A bunch of, guys, you know, a bunch of drunken comics. was great, man. Yeah, Michelle was, it was great. And, and of course... Uh, Sitting there holding a teddy bear, I think, and singing "He's got the, the whole, whole world, world in his hands." Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's going down, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, just like, oh, this guy is completely nuts. Uh, yeah, you know. that's great. Um, and then, of not course, a care in the world. <laughs> yeah, and then of course, Machete is in that movie. Yeah, as Johnny Tantine. Yeah. Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo. Good old Danny Trejo. I love yeah. Danny Trejo. He's just, I mean, he's, he's he, the thing is, is he start off like you know, and, and you play all of them against. Nick Cage as the good guy. <laughs> well, the kind of good guy. He was in prison legitimately. No, because it was wasn't he? Self, no self defense. Oh right, no, no. He he was getting out on, uh, as after having won his appeal. You're no, right. No, he, no, no. He served his sentence. The, the the sentence was not legit because somebody stole the knife that they pulled uh, in there. Okay. But he was an ex Green Beret. Okay. Or special I, I could have sworn that I remembered him being like, I guess, just wrongfully convicted. I guess was what. Yeah, he was wrongfully right. convicted. And he served okay. a sentence. It was manslaughter, though. It wasn't actually right, murder. Right. Um, mm. So yeah, and then throughout the whole thing, I mean, he's trying to find his friend, trying to find insulin for his friend, you know, who's right. a diabetic, right, in prison. Um, 
yeah, you know, they're getting out on the same day. <laughs> you know, just and I love that you know the the guy when he's trying to find the syringe, the needle, you know, so he can administer the insulin is like, oh man, drugs will kill you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. I, I love that Con Air is like one of the more down to earth Nicolas Cage movies when you look at the spectrum. Yeah, because like, also because you, you got John Cusack. and yet it's most and yet half of it is up in the air. Yeah, well, there's that too. And you got John Cusack <laughs> in it playing a federal agent, and uh, yeah, I'm sorry, but I just can't take John Cusack seriously as like an authority figure. Yeah, exactly. It's like, bro, what are you doing? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> why are you well, this guy? Is, he, yeah, <laughs> and he's playing to Chief O'Brien. Which I guess is fitting because, you know, they, they fuck it up. Right. Like, they fuck up everything, so there you go. Yeah, but yeah, he's playing, uh, uh, Cole Meany uh, plays the other federal agent, and he trashes his car, which is beautiful. <laughs> he's like, you may see my car. There it is. <laughs> but yeah, and, and the thing is, is it, it, again, it's, it's Nick Cage being very laid back, but intense. Yeah. I feel like I feel like when Nick Cage when Nick Cage is at his best, when instead of focusing all of his energy into outbursts, yeah, instead you can see that he is in fact just controlling frightful right. amounts of energy. Exactly. To, to boil it down to a phrase, smoldering intensity. Yeah, yeah, and that's where that's why he does Balthazar so well in mm-hmm. Sorcerer's Apprentice. You know, because he doesn't get very over the like not significantly. Right. But it's one of those things that he's... Um, Wasn't that a Disney movie? Yeah. It yeah. was actually... But it was, it was pretty good, actually. Yeah. It I had... Mean, it had um, it had Nicolas Cage, and it had the guy who... I know. I mean, I saw it. I yeah. enjoyed it. There's no question that it was a yeah. solid movie. I just... There was, there I was, find that funny that, did, that that was a thing that happened. Nicolas right. Cage was in a Disney movie. Yeah. Well, and, and I love that there was a deleted scene. It's like, well, yeah, I can't get on that. I don't even like getting on airplanes. Well, it's a good thing I brought an eagle then. <laughs> you know, it just which is that whole wacky. You know, I see the world completely different yeah. sense of humor. Yeah. You know, uh, of of that whole thing. Uh, I had uh, Samuel Molina as yes as, as the bad guy. Hobarth. Yeah. Yes, as the bad Samuel. You mean Alfred Molina? Alfred Molina. Yeah. yeah Doctor Octopus. I'm bad with names. It has <laughs> Doctor Octopus as the villain. Yes, he does, he does another great job with that. Yeah. Um, Another great actor. But instead of playing Doc Ock, who is kind of who plays kind of seriously for someone who has you know four mechanical yeah. arms sprouting out of his back, yeah. right? Instead, gets a chance because I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that the thought process is, huh? I'm in a movie with Nicolas Cage. Um, <laughs> I'm in a movie with Nicolas Cage. I don't have to try. So he he still delivers a good performance. But he delivers a very hammy performance. Well, I think that's kind of the point of that whole thing. It, you it's know, like I get to I get to be goofy. I don't have to be. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and and it, it, I think it makes it a very. And that's the thing about being in a in a Nicolas Cage movie. You get to be over the top and do you know. I think that's what part of what made the face off dynamic work so well with him and Travolta. Like they kept mm-hmm. trying to like one up each other. Exactly. They're, they're both the having crazy. so much fun on set. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and and then you know you get the same thing. So you get the same thing in National Treasure. The guy who plays the uh, the FBI agent. Ah. Uh. Wasn't Sean Bean in that? Yeah, he was in the first one. Yeah. It's the first and one. He, it's one of the first movies that Sean Bean was in. Die. He doesn't die. He yeah. doesn't die, right. He still goes to yeah. prison. Somebody's yeah. always got to go to prison. Congratulations. Yeah, somebody's got to go to prison. Made it out alive. Um, but then his his assistant, his friend, uh, 
I don't remember. It's been so They're apparently uh, making a third one. Yeah, they, they have to. Because, I mean, it's just one of those things of... <laughs> and they... they um, but they they ham you know they they lampshade the fact that Nicolas Cage, the character that Nicolas Cage plays, is over the top all the time. Yeah. You know, gave his, gave his last full measure of devotion. Last full measure of devotion. People don't talk like that. They bring that up in both movies. <laughs> Harvey Keitel played the uh, the FBI agent. Yes. Uh, and the uh, and the computer hacker friend was uh, Justin Bartha. Yeah, Riley Poole. Is Riley Poole. Yep. Yeah. Who is the who is the best comic relief to Nicolas Cage's uh, has, intensity? And there's a line that I reference in many D and many a D and D game, which is, "Okay, who wants to go down the, the scary game. tunnel first? <laughs> oh, it's the sound of my tax dollars coming to arrest me. <laughs> 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 you know, I mean, yeah, he he has the he has that wit. Witty deadpan delivery that right. perfectly balances Cage's over the topness. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and it's just one of those things of that's the thing is in any Nicolas Cage movie, you get to be over the top. You get to be, you know, that one step beyond where you normally yeah. are because you've got to in order right. to you, keep up. You get to you get to play, you, you get to act. Unrealistically, yes, exactly. Which for certain movies is the best thing to yeah. do. Yeah, like I mean, obviously, Face Off is a classic example. Yeah, yeah. but Drive Angry completely. That too. Yeah. You know, when yeah. you when you try, when you go with the accountant, I mean, oh my god, that's so great. He is so because he has that deadpan delivery. Yeah, yeah. Down. Yeah, the contrast the, is good. The contrast is really good, and then of course you got Riley's deadpan two cages. You know. Now, one of my favorite moments... You want to steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> you know what that, the, the, that line in delivery of it reminds me of the bit in Soldier with Kurt Russell, where they're like, what are you going to do? I'm going to kill them all. Yeah. I can't remember. What, what, what famous thing did they steal in, in the second one? They didn't... St- uh, they, uh, and they found the City of Gold, but what, didn't they have to steal something famous again? No. Uh, in, that, in that one... Oh no! They had to get into the. They had to get into the. Uh, oh yeah, they the, had to get into the presidential. Uh, they had to get. They had to get into the queen's desk in uh, yeah. in in Buckingham, and they had to get into the president's desk, and then At they the had Oval. to steal the book of secrets. Yes, they had to get into. They had to get into the president's private wing in the Library of Congress. Yes, which, which I don't think is actually a thing. And that <laughs> scene with him and the president. That I mean, that guy played a president mm-hmm. to me. I mean, that I was. I think I ever saw the sequel. Actually, you never saw it. Was, it was good. It's good. I've got. I'll have, have to borrow for you. Yeah, it was like it, I thought. It was funny how. Uh, I don't know why the president didn't just stick up for for Cage in the first bit. I guess perhaps because he had to prove himself. But at the end, yeah, well, he when didn't he, have the evidence to do it. Yeah, yeah. Where, he, where the president because he he kidnapped. That's the thing. That's the thing that he does. That's like the big. The, the big massive like committing treason um, crime yeah, because he has to because he has to commit treason in every movie right um, <laughs> yes he has to commit commit an act of treason in order to save the you know, save yeah. the country and yeah so what he does is he kidnaps the president yeah for a moment because he needs to talk to him without anyone else being present so he can so he can actually give him the information yeah mm-hmm. he has to put the president in a situation where he can reveal the book of secrets without doing it publicly mm-hmm you know, and you know, and it's like the following conversation never took place. I was just like, 
wow. <laughs> so if that happened in real life, five minutes later, tweet goes out. So about this book of secrets, right? <laughs> well, uh, I mean, the president would obviously wouldn't say it to anyone who he didn't believe would hold it in confidence, of course. Right. Too. And, and the, the guy who basically kidnapped him and then showed him the way out. By the way, the you, you go out right through there. Yeah. I've been through these caves like fifty times. <laughs> right. Well, the thing is, I love that he's like, you know, uh, it's like you're not going to show me out. You show me the way out until until I tell you. No, the way out is that way. <laughs> no, no, it, it's right down there. You hit a road. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, you're not very good at negotiating. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> and at the end, um, when they finally catch him, they're like, kidnap me. And the president's like, he kidnapped me. That's not how I remember it. Yeah. I seem to remember I seem to remember a cave wall collapsing and and uh, and, yeah. and, and Gates here uh, showing me the way out. Yeah. Brave, uh, bravely escorting me to safety. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um... <laughs> But then, you know, then the end is like you know, that about on page 47, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it was just like, but throughout the whole thing, he has, the, again, that smoldering intensity of, yeah. I, I'm driven by this thing, yeah. uh, which we, we see in uh, in the first National Treasure, mm-hmm. is, you know, him driven. And I think the yeah. thing is, when he's not acting so over the top... He's just really driven. Although he does get a Nicolas Cage moment in the second one, where he's sticking his hand in the rock. Gotcha. For that matter, the rock was good. The rock was pretty good. And yes. again, that that whole story intensity. Yeah. Michael Bean, the sh- his shortest role ever. <laughs> and of course, Sean Connery is a national treasure. Yes. But he wasn't in National Treasure. <laughs> yeah, but as a national treasure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's a also, national treasure of Scotland, um, but also, he's a national treasure. <laughs> unrelated, but to piggyback off the phrases, The Rock is a national treasure. <laughs> Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, yes. There's a fun little bit on uh, this video on um, Screen Junkies that I was watching recently, and they're, they're going through various movies and determining whether it was a Dwayne Johnson movie or a The Rock movie. <laughs> so, Jumanji? Yeah, that's um, gotta be a that's, rock That's movie. a rock movie. Right, know? right. Um, but yeah, they, they, uh, I, it was funny cause I hadn't really thought of that before. And it's, it, what's even funnier is like the whole thing was that for a while he was, he was swimming against the tide and he kept wanting to, you know, he's like, okay, I'm going to split it in the middle and it's going to be Dwayne the Rock Johnson. And then he just kept getting more famous and successful and it snowballed and everyone just knows him the rock and he goes, eh, fuck it, I'm the rock. Yeah. <laughs> he just stopped caring after a while. He's like, all right. Whatever. I would guess that Walking Tall is a Dwayne Johnson movie. Yes. yes. I would say that's a Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, that's, that's a good movie, Johnson. too. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty good. And I would also say that um, that um, Race to Witch Mountain. Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne I haven't Johnson. seen that one, so yeah. I'd have to take your word for it. He's not, yeah. you know. So, But now, in uh, any case, Nicholas Cage. Pain and Gain. Yeah. I think that's kind of a toss-up. Yeah. Probably more Dwayne Johnson. The only movie where Dwayne Johnson makes the rock look like a pussy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Um, So Nick Nick Cage, Nick Cage. This is the thing: is Nick Cage pulls off action films without being buff. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and instead he plays the guy who gets slapped around a lot and yeah. goes Ugh, a lot. Yeah. Well, you know what that kind of reminds me of? Uh, <laughs> well, so does Jackie Chan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. 
you know, what it kind of reminds me of is the original Die Hard. Like, I mean, he was in good shape, but he wasn't like he wasn't like Schwarzenegger. So he wasn't like over the top muscly or anything. yeah, no, he was he just was, a regular guy. Yeah, he was a cop with you know bald, you know, bald cop. You know, he's just a guy in decent shape who was a cop and was thrust into that situation. Well, yeah, and the thing about it, of course, that's a big part of the appeal is the whole everyman thing, right? Right. Well, that and he he's he has the he has the instincts for it. I think that's the thing. Right. Right. He plays, well, yeah, he was smart. He was yeah, he was smart, and that's the thing. I think that's the thing about Nicolas Cage is he's playing a character who is smart and who is brash. Right. He's, it's like know, a combination of being bold and cunning. Yeah. And it's kind of unintuitive for an action movie because a lot of those, and Die Hard's another good example of that, although I, I keep going back to Die Hard even though it's not Nicolas Cage. Well, it's that's just, a whole franchise. It's like an example to, yeah, yeah. Because he'll, he'll figure out, yeah, because he's... Well, I'm just talking about the original about, movie. Right. Well, even then he was thinking on his feet. Yeah. I mean, they, his bare feet. feet. His bare feet, yes. I, I'm sorry, glass. but like, why did he not... Like, take some in shoes. Yeah, him. like he killed a bunch of people. Well, they show yeah. that. They show that. There was one guy who says, like, this guy's got feet, like, you know, he's got a size two. He actually tries to take yeah, some shoes and they wouldn't fit. Yeah, but he only tried once. Yeah. Or at least oh. they only showed him trying once. So that yeah. they could possibly explain why yeah. it's not ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Eh, whatever. But it makes yeah. for an iconic scene, so. Yeah. Yeah, him pulling bits of glass out of his feet in the bathroom. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, it's. But I don't do well. Kind of makes me cringe a little bit. I yeah. don't do well with with realistic blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are two things that I just can't very well watch on t- uh, on screen. Yeah. Realistic blood and injections. Mm. Like yeah. if 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 there is a needle coming out, I look away. Yeah. Does not matter. Did the scene in Pulp Fiction fuck with you then when they have to resuscitate the lady that ODs? I don't think I've 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 never actually seen Pulp Fiction. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. At How least not all the way through. Sir. Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's I don't much like Tarantino. That's, that's the movie that put John Travolta in Nicolas Cage territory. Well, I, I mean, this doesn't exactly give away anything here, you know. Uh, and of course, it's a weird, like, disjointed, not in chronological order thing mm-hmm. as well. But um, there's a scene where this lady ODs, like, is it heroin? Yeah, well, I think heroin. it's heroin, yeah. And they so they get this, like, adrenaline needle. They get this giant fuck-off needle. Yeah, and because it has to go through the, 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 the chest yeah. cavity into yeah. the heart. Exactly. So they fucking sl- big-ass needle, they just slam it down in there. So I... Well, uh, yeah. um... Now, they don't do, like, a close-up of it. Yeah, no. It's so that, you might be okay. Yeah, like, slamming slamming a thing into the chest, I can watch. Yeah. Uh, a la, to get, to get back to Nick Cage for a second, yes. in The Rock, when he does the exact same thing because he's been exposed... To oh, a yeah, nerve agent. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, to the Navichok agent. He also has a he also has has a atropine injection. Yeah, an act, which which has a which has a, a needle about the size of a dirk. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, <laughs> so. and the, here, here's the funny thing about atropine. Um, where it doesn't actually counteract the nerve agent, it just keeps you alive long enough to, you know, complete the mission. <laughs> but you know, whatever. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Cage. It's, movie magic. Yeah, movie magic. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, 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 arms that, yeah. The slow mo. Fall down on your knees. Send up the smoke flares. Michael Bay at his best. We made it. Yes. Yeah, Michael Bay at his best. Yes. Yeah, and. and Michael Michael Bay is, is Bay. Yeah. <laughs> See, so, that was back when, like, you know, well, it was like that was a movie that actually was that played to his. I I say strengths, but it's basically the only thing in his playbook. His skills. Yes, yeah. That's yeah. Let's say that skills. And, and the thing is, is that some of the other <laughs> Nich- Nicholas Cage movies that were not action movies always seem to be about him playing somebody who's slowly coming unraveled. Right. Like Vampire's Kiss. 
uh, the Weatherman. Yeah. Uh, I've right. seen the Weatherman. Yeah, it's. Oh, uh, and it's um, the uh, there's some. And it's kind of a combination of well, it's like it's like him slowly becoming unraveled, but that's not necessarily the story. It's just a feature. Whereas the Weatherman, that was essentially the story. Right. That was the story in Vampire's Kiss too. Well, no, in Vampire's Kiss, that was definitely the story. Uh, yeah. But aside, those aside, uh, Snake Eyes and Eight Millimeter, good examples of that's not the main thrust of the story, but it's something that kind of happens along the way. Have you seen either of those movies? No, a lot of my Nick you're like King. you're like thriller suspense type deals. Yeah, yeah. now which uh, no doesn't which doesn't play to much mo- to the kind of movie I like. You're yeah, not a fan of the much. genre. Right. I, I don't like horror movies very much either. Right. I, knowing I like was a good, knowing was very similar because he can see the future and, and see I never saw that one. Um, was that the one where I went crazy and wrote all over? I thought himself? it was next. That was, Wasn't that it was next? next and knowing. There's two different ones. Uh, replacing. Yeah. Well, I know Cage is in next. Yeah. Let's be, let, because people who can know a small amount of the future go crazy very quickly. Yeah. Actually, they probably would, but because uh, <laughs> it's always changing, right? And they can't. Yeah, can't tell what's well, going. Well, it's on. like trying to make sense of the concept of time travel. You're just never going to do it right or have any consistency, and you just have to accept that and embrace it and move yep. on. <laughs> to quote one of my characters in in from an old old campaign, temporal mechanics always gives me a headache. <laughs> And this character was a genius, so... There you go. <laughs> Alright, so, um... But also, um... Wicker Man. Never actually saw it. I have, um... Again, this is a person whose reality just kind of go comes under. Yeah, the, that, that is, in fact, pretty much what, what, what happens in Wicker Man, too. Um... The fun, fun story. No, no, well... T-O-O. Yeah. Fun, just fun to story. For the folks yeah. Wicker Man is a remake. I know. Um, I'd heard that. Yeah, yeah of, uh, uh, like it's, a it's, forties or fifties black and white. Uh, yeah. in, the, in the in the eighties and nineties, it was required. Uh, it was required watching for both. Um, uh, I guess we're at risk Christians and pagans. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because it was part of the lore, uh, just like Clan of the Cave Bear was for you know for pagans. Um, Wicker Man was made in '73. The initial, the, the first Wicker Man. Yeah. Um, it was black and white. I think it might. It, no, I, I thought it was. I could no, be. It's kind of late for a black and white movie. Yeah. Well, I say specific. I mean, they specifically made the choice. I right. Because Wizard of Oz came out right around the I mean, time. Sometimes black that stuff happens. Like Young Frankenstein. It was a brilliant choice to make that black, black and white. Black and white, right? Yeah. Good night and good luck wouldn't have been as good if it if it had uh, been in uh, color. color, right? No, it was apparently in in, in it was apparently in color. I was okay. just crazy, Fair which enough. you know happens. I'm me. That's on brand for the episode. Yeah, but you got to say here's the thing: Worker Man 1973 was made in Britain and was subdued because it was made in Britain. <laughs> um, <laughs> <Yeah>. Because British. <laughs> yes, because yeah, it, was, it was it was done in a very British style. And you know, I like the British style, but it's slow. It's it's very you know people walking into rooms and saying I'm sorry, but oh, <laughs> to uh, to quote Eddie Izzard for a second. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, but <laughs> where like you would never get ah oh, not the bees, not the bees in yeah. a British movie. Yeah, right. Yeah. But you did in the 2006 Wicker Man movie, except another funny interesting bit about that Not the Bees was not in the theatrical release of the movie it is the most mimetic thing about uh, Wicker Man 
Right. Everyone knows, ah, not the bees. <laughs> but it was only in the DVD. <laughs> it was like a deleted scene, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, um, I still haven't seen it, and I, I've seen that bit. I mean, at, in the in the end, when they put him in the Wicker Man and set the Wicker Man on fire and burn him to death, he is covered in stings. Yeah. Um, so there's, it was obvious that the, that the scene had been cut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But also, he was supposed to be death, deathly allergic to bees. He really shouldn't have survived long enough to get burned by the Wicker Man. What do you think? Yeah. yeah. Unless they just threw him in there like that. It's a My Girl situation going on there. Yeah. Oh, well. So... So, yeah. I, I see. I, it seems... We're, we're running out of time, but it seems that we're uh, generally positive on Nicholas Cage. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, and the thing is, is it's all the things that would make him a bad actor. He's turned into strength. Yeah. <laughs> well, even even stuff that, like... Even if there's a movie that you don't... You don't think it's going to be a good movie, you can enjoy mm-hmm. the experience of watching the movie for the sheer spectacle of how weird it is. Yes, exactly. It's, like, it's kind of like an MST3K kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Also, um, other interesting little tidbit about Nicolas Cage. Um, I don't know what, how, like, Michael Host will have no opinion about this. Ben, I don't know if you have any opinion about it. Do you remember, did you ever see the Dresden Files TV show? Yes. So, the, regardless of, of your opinion of, of the Dresden Files TV show, I thought it was okay. Mm-hmm. But it was executive produced by Nicolas Cage. <laughs> uh, <That's, laughs> I remember that. Uh, Another interesting that. Random yeah. He thought he, he he had apparently run across one of the books and thought this would make a good TV show, mm-hmm. so he created a screen treatment for it and produced it himself. Huh. Uh, um, that would explain a lot. Um, he didn't direct it, but he produced it. So. That's another right. thing I like about Cage, like he's the kind of guy that's just like, hey, this seems like a thing. This should be a thing. Let's just do the thing. Yeah. He, like there's not a whole lot of like. You know, oh well, we'll see. Maybe in the future, in ten years, he just fucking does it. Yeah, no, he he seems to be the sort There's of person. There's value in that with all the BS mm-hmm. and stuff that never actually gets yeah, the light of day in Hollywood. Yeah, he's he's the kind of guy who will go. I think this needs to be a thing, and will do it as opposed to yeah, and see it through. Yeah, he's yeah. just like I'm going to make this happen because I'm Nicolas Cage. I've got enough money to do it. Yeah, right, and enough you know enough clout and so on. <laughs> Because he knows practically everybody in Hollywood too. Otherwise, he's still. It's couldn't. almost like his dad's for Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah, right? It's almost <laughs> like he's connected. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. Well, the thing, the thing is, we've got plenty of material for another episode. Yeah, we yeah. could we could keep talking about Nick Cage for a while. Yeah. Uh, but I think we should probably go ahead but and I, sign off yeah, now. We're sufficiently caged up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, we, so we'll see. That cage. We'll see. Yes. Hopefully, in two weeks, <laughs> if things go according to plan. Um. That means we'll have a lot more news to cover. This is true. The weeks in geek. Yes. Well, no. no now we'll be a fortnight in geek. Yeah. There we go. See, now we can. Now we have a better name. Yeah. Or at least I, a less cliched one. I don't know. The week in geek I like because it because it has that assonance to it. Just rhyming, you mean? No. As, well, yeah, assonance is, is the direct report. Is the direct. Um, uh, we'll be right back. <laughs> yes, that thing. Oh, okay. Oh, the, the, that, the, that clears it up. It, it's, it's like... Um, <laughs> that, 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 the, the rhythm to it? Or no, it it's... Um, <sighs> I can't think of the word suddenly. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, so there's a word for when you repeat the same uh, consonant over and over and over again. Mm, okay. Oh, okay. Anybody find that word for me? I, I get the concept, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> Alliteration. Thank you. Oh, um, okay. Assonance is the vowel form of alliteration. 
Well, if you're ah, uh, okay, Con- okay, alliteration is where you start with the same, that's just letter. The same yes. letter. Yeah, yeah, and but with the same vowel sound within the word. Yes. Okay. In poetry, the repetition of the sound of a vowel or diphthong in non-rhyming in non-rhyming stressed syllables near enough to uh, for each other uh, near enough to each other for the echo to be discernible. The weak in geek is gotcha. it is very much assonance. <laughs> the, the Not to be confused with asinine. What? The grab of ass or the uh... mm-hmm. <laughs> similarly actually would be assonance as well. Right. <laughs> right. In any case, um, next time, something else. New stuff. Um, See you next Fortnite. Yeah, in two weeks. Although we, I'm not sure we can call it Fortnite because Epic Games might sue us. Um, <laughs> Fortnite is a term before that was our. This is before. true. Yes, we we would definitely win the case because <laughs> it's, it's been it's a word. Of how you spell it? <laughs> yes, it's only been a word since what the 1800s? No, even before that. 1700s. Even before that. Shakespeare. <laughs> right. In any case, this has been Neil. Mike. And the one true Ben. And we will talk to you next week, or next time. I gotta learn a new, uh, <laughs> I gotta l- learn a new outro, but uh, the next time on Geek Fanthology. This podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It was brought to you by the letter I and the number 62. Opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm, and ending theme is March of the Mind, both by Kevin McLeod. If you enjoyed this podcast or know someone who would, please consider sharing it on your social media, sending us an email, or leaving us a comment. If you're listening on iTunes, please rate us. We read everything. For episode and schedule updates, please see our social media pages. We're on Facebook as Geek Fanthology and Twitter as Working Theory Productions. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us, either by making a one-time donation on our website, workingtheoryproductions.com, or a reoccurring one at Patreon at patreon.com slash working theory. A final thought. Oh God, not the bees. Not the bees. They're in my eyes. Ah, It just doesn't sound the same when you do it flat. <laughs>